guys hello and welcome back i'm jojo fraser it's time for a mojo injection episode 141 it's so nice to have you here we are covering so much today we're starting off with fear into confidence we're talking about freedom failure and love taking praise and criticism with a pinch of salt alter egos thinking outside the box so many little aha moments and the amazing Jason my guest he said he described this as an inflow podcast so I'll take that we were leaning in so I'm sure you'll get some little nuggets from this discussion and you'll be inspired and I hope it encourages you to do that thing and we're speaking about your gut feeling you know when you know you know you know so whatever you want to do it, it certainly got me leaping off my seat after I was like right what's next um, love this chat and also a great reminder that Rocky didn't win the first race guys well race you know what I mean match boxing he didn't win the first fight um, yeah I, I thought it was good I actually found myself saying that to someone who was really down the next um, day or two after I'd recorded this episode and I was pulling out Jason's lines as like yes so I'll put all Jason's details in the show notes. Um, Jason's been on this podcast before with Michael Ujoa. We had loads of fun. We sang, he rapped at the end. You need to scroll back and find that one um, a few series ago. Um, so Jason Ault um, is a professional extreme unicyclist and he set the Guinness World Record for the heaviest overhead press whilst on the unicycle. And you can see in the show notes a link to his video, which won an award. Um, this isn't Jason's first world record, um, but he's really inspiring lots of people with this and an amazing uh, video, um, an amazing energy in it and just really, yeah, really inspiring and funny. So I was delighted to get Jason back on to talk about that. You know, I was saying to him at the start before we, we hit record just how so many of us feel like through this pandemic we're trying to get that mojo back and it's getting that balance because there was parts of it that were nice like chilling out dropping the pressure a bit connecting with nature doing all the good stuff for the mojo but then that kind of motivation and and having that you know that push to just start doing things again um, and to believe in ourselves and have that self-confidence. So it's a really great episode for that. So check out Jason's deets on the show notes and jump into this fab mojo injection conversation. It's always so lovely to have you here. I really mean that. Um, and thank you for all the feedback from last week's episode 140. It got pretty deep and um, hopefully you got something from it. Um, and just, yeah, thanks to anyone that's reached out and messaged me either on Insta or Facebook or through the website this week. Um, feedback's really important to me and it's really important that I keep, keep putting out content that's going to help. So thank you so much and just thank you for listening and feel free to share this with anyone you feel it may put a little rocket up their bum or feel like a gentle warm hug um, you go and do that and um, yeah just relax and we'll jump in all the love to you mm-hmm. how does it feel to be a world a Guinness world <laughs> record breaker <laughs> it's i'm lost for words like you yeah um yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool i think most people um listening 
we'll know what the Guinness Book of Records is. And I think that's kind of why it's cool, is because I think we all kind of grew up with um, maybe getting the book at Christmas or um, every generation seems to have their own version of the TV show. Uh, when I was a kid, it was Chris Akabusi and Cheryl Baker. What a random combination, right? Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, especially doing what I do, um, where you don't get a lot of awards or um, validation. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's pretty cool to have it. You guys can't see it's over over here on the wall. It's been replaced here with this poster here, which is a uh, it was a gift from Rod who made the film, um, and it was actually the the poster that we used uh, for the film. So. My, much to the chagrin of my wife, the living room's turned into a bit of a Jason Old shrine. Oh, so it's um, good. I mean, you <laughs> get the award. I mean, you got an award for the film as well, a short film award, right? Yeah, so we were pretty lucky. Um, I don't know how much we, we've already described for your, for your listeners, but um, basically we, I decided to break a world record, set a world record, and that world record was for heaviest overhead press while riding a unicycle so basically barbell here press above your head also unicycle at the same time a lot going on and um i I, we spoke before we came on air about the idea of um lockdown maybe you know zapping our energy and and feeling like we we'd not really achieved much over the past kind of 12 months um and that's where the real motivation came from was just this kind of thing of if if I'm not going to waste this year um, I need to go out there and get it done so I started training for this record and um, spoke to my friend Rod Penn who um, is the filmmaker that made the film I said let's shall we shoot something should we make a wee film out of it I'm going to do it anyway and he was like yeah so we did Um, it was called The World's Strongest Unicyclist which is this one here Um, and it's um shall we say it's kind of constructed reality that's what we call it it's a true story and everybody in it is a real real person um and the motivation and the heart and the themes are all real um and yeah we made it and we never really thought much of it and we sent it into a couple of film festivals we then got selected for the scottish short film festival we then got nominated for three awards and then rod i say rod won the award because it was for best editing um but yeah, it was just, it was amazing. Like we're, unfortunately due to COVID, we had to watch the ceremony on the telly. We couldn't actually be there in person, but um, it was quite cool to kind of see this little project. We just kind of started because we wanted something to keep out of trouble with um, getting awards. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And here I am. This is the, the reason why I'm on the show. It's finally got me the respect and attention I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the thing is that, you know, I've always watched your content and think it's so funny and like so clever what you do, you. like on the unicycle and stuff. I get like the photos of you going over the bridges and just, oh. <laughs> but, it's the first time it's been called clever. <laughs> oh, man. Because uh, for a lot of people listening, like fear is a natural thing, right? But how do you get yourself to a place where you can just go for that and put yourself in such danger? That's a really good question, actually. Um, and it's not one I get asked about a lot. And I think there's a reason why. Like, so, so fear is something I've thought about a huge amount 
in my life, obviously, as you can imagine. Um, and I think a lot of people think that if you do, um, you know, action sports or if you do things that maybe um, are high risk, that people think that you're either absolutely fearless or that you have a death wish or something like that. You know, even the term adrenaline junkie is a little bit of a misunderstood term, I think. Um, and the re, you know, a lot of people will say if I I'm working like if I do an ad or something like that they'll always say to me don't do anything that, that you think you can't do don't do anything that's going to hurt you and I, I feel like telling them why would I do anything that's going to hurt me like you know like I, I don't want that either you know but I think people just think that you're reckless um in terms of fear like I think for me personally I've always felt like the things I've been scared of have some kind of ownership over me and I, I hate that feeling. I hate the feeling of, um, you know, something inside me stopping me from doing something and that being the only reason. Because, you know, when you, the best example I can think of is one that you've presented there, which is, you know, unicycling on the edge of a bridge. Now, people will look at that and go, that's insane, that's crazy. And it, yeah, it probably is. But if you look at the surface I'm riding on, I could ride on that if it was just a line on the ground, no problem. Mm-hmm. so why is it harder when it's 100 feet in the air and the answer is is because your head tells you that the, the consequences are much higher so I've always been fascinated between, about the gap between knowing you can do something and being scared that you can't do it mm-hmm. um, and I think another interesting thing about facing fear uh, especially when you do action sports, urban sports, extreme sports, whatever you want to call them. Um, there's a fantastic book. It's called The Rise of the Superman. I think The Rise of Superman. It's um, it's about this idea of flow state, which I'm sure you've heard of before. It's, it's Most people will have. It's like commonly called like, you know, when you're in the zone, um, it, it's total, complete focus. Um, and it's when you feel everything just works on its own. You're not thinking about it just works perfectly uh, and this this book is about how extreme sports um, kind of is a gateway into that feeling and so I, I brought up this term adrenaline junkie I think people think when you do these high-risk sports that you're somehow amped up and then you're just you know ready to go you're ready to just full energy and actually it's complete opposite it's it's a moment of complete focus and serenity and it's more like the kind of um, it, it's it's almost like freedom from the busyness and the and the the high energy, uh, and it's momentary. And uh, uh, you know that sound, it sounds quite deep and it sounds quite philosophical, but it's true. And so I think that for me has always been. I mean, don't get me wrong; it is terrifying when you're doing stuff like that. It's almost like the moment after. It's like moments after it. You're like, thank God I didn't die. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just good and then you've got a great picture as well so <laughs> so yeah that's a long-winded thing and I think like people listening to this might think of it as quite abstract like I think everybody can relate with this idea of being scared of something that deep down in their heart they know they can do it but they're just avoiding it because of that fear and and uh, you don't have to be uh, something that is going to potentially be lethal. It could be talking to someone, you know, if you have social anxiety, it could be, you know, 
starting a podcast. I know loads of people who are like, oh, I'd love to start a podcast, but nobody cares what I think. You just, you just get going. You just power through that. Um, and so I think fear kind of controls all of us, doesn't it, really, in some way, shape, or form. Um, and a lot of it isn't good. And a lot of it is. A lot of it is. But a lot of it isn't. And uh, I think that's always been my fascination. And it's knowing like what fear to sort of really challenge, as you say, like I can do this, this is in my head. And then the fear that is actually there to keep us safe. And it's so, it's such a blurred line, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I think, I think most people do know though, deep down, you know, I think we do know when, like the perfect example I do, I, coach ninja warrior for anyone that doesn't know what that is it's basically like it's the tv show um it's basically obstacle course racing and i, I teach a lot of kids is it ninja warrior uk there's a party no that's a rival brand oh sorry for promoting your rival brand. <laughs> no it's all right i know the guy that owns it ali he's a good guy um it's a good <laughs> facility but i work at primal gym for anyone that wants to check us out there but um yeah the you can tell when kids are they're they're moving away from something because they're scared of failure as opposed to scared of hurting themselves if you see what i'm saying so it's like they don't want to try it because they don't want to fail Mm -hmm. versus and i think also a lot of the time as an adult you're you are scared for them more than they're scared for themselves obviously and and that in itself i think is a real you know, is is a real thing that you should be concerned about. Like you, I, I've not got any kids myself, but as a mother, I'm sure like you don't want to impose that fear on your kids and make them scared of their own shadow. At the same time, you don't want to let them run, run, you know, wild and and not have any kind of understanding of where there should be boundaries. So it's a real fine balance there. But um, but yeah, it, it is hard. It is hard to know, you know, when the fear you're experiencing is real and when it is just a kind of almost like protection. It's like a kind of suit of armor because, you know, if you don't if you don't take a risk, then you're never going to fail. And so, in your head, sometimes you think, "Oh well, I'd rather I'd rather not fail, so I won't try," as opposed to this idea of I'll try and maybe I could win, maybe I could succeed. So, um, yeah, it's fascinating. I think. When you sort of got this idea, and obviously it was watching the video and seeing you like lift it, and I was like, oh, you know, and in my head I was like, oh no, what if he fails? Like, you know, I, but I was thinking like, it's amazing. Like at first I thought, oh, he wasn't going to do it when I was watching it. You weren't going to do it. And then I was like, but it doesn't matter. Like maybe that's part of it, like that he's tried so hard. And then you came back and you lifted it up. So did you... Did you have that when you had this vision and like, yeah, COVID's been awful. I really want to do something positive. Did you have that fear of failure or what was your thought? Yeah, I think so. I think like for me, I mean, I think I'm probably above average in terms of ego. You know, I think I do think quite a lot of myself. Um, (laughs) And so I think because of that, a lot of the time, I'm not that worried about criticism. Um, at the same time, you are always worried about making a big deal of something and then not being able to do it, you know, because if I go, oh, I'm making a film and I'm going to break a record and then I don't, it's like, wow, all this fanfare, all this hard work, you know, um, for nothing. Um, so, yeah, of course. And I think there's always a thing in your head that 
I think we all have that little voice eh, where you just like, even if you're supremely confident, there's always a moment where you're like, but what if I don't do it? Mm-hmm. I think it's always there. It's always there. Um, I think more so like, so me and Rod have moved on. We've moved on already. There's no stopping us. We've started shooting in another film um, and without going into too much detail about it, um, the idea of not achieving the, the athletic feat, so to speak, the idea of that is far more likely in this film than, than the previous one. But this is a conversation we had because we realized that by the end of this film, hopefully, even if I don't achieve it, that kind of isn't the point. The point of the story is like we it's a cultural uh, exploration in terms uh, into like Scottish culture, basically an ancient Scottish culture. And, um, and, and hopefully if we can tell the story right at the end, people will look at it and go, actually, yeah, it doesn't matter. They didn't do it. We still got something from it. And I think you could still say, you could say the same about the world's strongest unicyclist. You could say that even through the process, regardless of the outcome, it's always worth doing. Uh, and I would encourage that, you know, in people if they are thinking about trying something ambitious that even if you don't get to the intended destination it's very likely you'll get something from it that you wouldn't have if you hadn't even bothered in the first place so you know if there's a lesson in everything right but it's just and i think the film would have won the award had you done it or not yeah yeah quite possibly i mean i guess it's an underdog story in a way isn't it like people people love these things where uh people try and they don't succeed. And I think people like that because I think they like to see, some people like to see failure because they like people not down a peg, you know, if, if someone's on their high horse. But some people like an underdog story because what it says to them is this idea of, yeah, like we can have a happy ending even if we don't win. And I, and I think people are kind of comforted by that because at the end of the day, you know, a huge majority of all of our lives is not winning mm-hmm. so if we can find some kind of um value if we can find some kind of happiness despite that i think um i think that, that that especially through media i think obviously media helps us it mirrors our lives and it allows us to kind of exercise emotions uh, that we maybe struggle with in our day-to-day lives so if we can find that in media and be like yeah that guy failed rocky won everyone forgets rocky won rocky lost in the first rocky film you know, everyone forgets that. But like he, um, but that wasn't the story. The story wasn't about him winning. The story was about him getting there. And so, um, not to compare myself to Rocky because obviously I didn't lose. So if anything, I'm better than Rocky. <laughs> I'm interested in what you say when you're speaking about the ego earlier, because I think the ego can obviously be an asshole, but it can be, you know, when when you have that confidence and self belief. Where, what do you think has helped you then to have what you'd say above average kind of self-belief? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think what's, what's helped me have a, an ego? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's... not have it's, an ego, but, you know, like what's helped yeah. you with your confidence? Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to my mom about this the other day. Um, and we're, I've always described the way my mom brought me up as... Um, high stakes parenting because it was a gamble the way that she treated me when I, especially when I became a teenager um, basically she gave me a lot of freedom like she, she allowed me to, to essentially do what I wanted to some degree 
And and luckily, because of that, I didn't go off the rails and abuse that trust. Now, the reason I call it high stakes parenting is because that's not going to work with every kid. You know, if you just let your kid do what they want, a lot of the time they will abuse that power. But I do believe that there, if you trust your kids and if you show them that you trust them, I think a lot of them will return the favor and, and, and reward you for that and not abuse that trust mm-hmm. most of the time. So for me, I think also, and I, and I say this like to people, and I, when, I, when I say it, there, was, there weren't a huge a lot of expectations on me growing up. And that makes it sound like, oh, you were never going to achieve anything. It wasn't that. Because I was, in a weird way, I was expected to do better than the rest of my family. And, and that might sound a bit all over the shop. But, um, and I th- but I think what that did was it created this combination of the freedom to do what I wanted. So no pressure to, like I never went to university, but I could have been the first person in my family to go to university because of the grades I got at school. And I was always aware of that. So for me, not going to university was a personal choice. It wasn't um, because I wasn't good enough or because I didn't have the opportunity. Um, so there, there was that there, but it was also this idea of, but, but I was expected to do something with my life. Like that's, that's the, the, one of the only pieces, of, not piece of advice, but the, one of the only things I can think of that my mom ever said to me that was parenting, shall we say, which was, I don't care what you do as long as you're doing something. And it was kind of aimed at me and saying, like, now you've left school. I don't want you just sitting about the house watching daytime telly. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I have watched a lot of daytime telly. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think because of that, it's that combination. So it was, I wasn't really, I wasn't scared to come back and say, this is what I'm doing with my life to my family mm-hmm. and, and thinking they were going to judge me. But at the same time, I knew that I had to do something so there was an element of of working hard and, and trying to achieve something that was there. And I think that combination just is it's got me to the stage where it's like I pursue goals because I want to do them. And if I'm happy with them, that is what reinforces my self-worth as opposed to this idea of having to do something to impress other people. Mm-hmm. Um and I, yeah, I don't want to come across as this kind of bulletproof, like, you know, you know, mental, um, you know, monk, soldier type, because obviously you do. Like, it's cool, as I said at the start, it's cool to have a Guinness World Record because finally people know what you do is, like, of value. You know, if I say I've got a street unicycling championship, people are like, oh, what was that? I've heard of it. But you tell them you've got a Guinness World Record, all of a sudden you're worth talking to. So, um yeah, it, I think I, I was just quite lucky in my experience growing up. Really, I think is, uh, I don't know how you, I don't, it's not an exact science, obviously. So it's a shame that you say that as well, because I hear that all the time. Like even on radio yesterday, the girl before speaking before I went on was she was uh, like an author, but it wasn't until she'd won the award she was like, "Oh, people now are, are interested all of a sudden," and it's like the world could be so built. You know, I'd like to add, I had you on the podcast before you got the world record as well last season. <laughs> Absolutely, you knew me when I was nothing, but just back when I was in Michael Ujoy's shadow. You were still as inspirational on that podcast. <sighs> Uh, Thank and the you. song was great. Would I lie to you, baby? Oh, yeah, Charles and Eddie. Um, 
so good. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, it's it's these kind of labels and expectations and comparisons that can be the three things that really screw us up, you know? And you can see why people do go off the rails if they've had so much pressure put on them. And my mom always says to me, she, you know, I'm the youngest, so two older brothers. She's always like, I raised you guys to be too independent because she just gave us that freedom. But I think it did help, you know, because we've all kind of gone on and done totally different things, but we're all really kind of happy in what we're doing. And um, I think, you know, as a mum myself, my mom, my mum will also, she'll watch me with my son. I mean, he's six, so I'm like, cut me a bit slack, mum. He's still very cute. But she's like, don't mother him, don't baby him. He'll grow up to be, trust me. Like, and she's giving me all this. And I'm like, all right, okay, yeah. love. So like, when he didn't want to go to his karate thing the other day, I was like, no, you're going to it. You've got, to. but then I was like, all right, I don't want to force, but I'm getting that balance between giving him his time to create and do what he wants, but also making sure he kind of does stuff. Yeah, totally. Totally. No, exactly. And I am. Um, so I, my mom was a single parent, but I grew up mostly with my grandparents and my granddad was in the Navy for 25 years um, and so he was, he, my mom even told me years later, he, he said to her when I was like four, he was like, you need to keep a tight leash on him as though it was kind of like, watch or he'll go off the rails at four years old. Right. Um, but also I think like my granny was like, when I say like salt of the earth, I mean like the nicest woman that, uh, when people say someone would give you the shirt off their back, like my granny would literally do that. For, for a stranger um, but I think you know you could see the the positives and negatives in both of those attitudes because perhaps you know my granny kind of lived her life for other people uh, and my granddad was maybe not the warmest person he could have been but I think ultimately what that did is it created it gave me both kind of um, it gave me both kind of philosophies it was this like I understood that I had to do something and I understood I couldn't just do what I wanted but I also understood that people care about you even if you don't um, do these things and I think that's ultimately an important thing like I, I do think I, I don't want to it's obviously we're in a, a time where gender politics and labels and things are, are a big deal but I, I think for young men especially you know, we're, we're looking at this thing with, um, I can't remember, was it Sarah? Um, the, yeah. yeah, the young girl that was um, murdered by a police officer. You know, it's obviously, there's been this big response to, um, it's the way that men treat women. And I think a huge part of that is because a lot of young men, um, maybe don't have the kind of male role models in their lives that they that they need and I know that's a massive generalization but um I think there is a problem with masculinity at the moment I think it's confused and I think a lot of the time it's um expressed in negative ways and I don't think it needs to be either I don't think the um I don't think the answer is an eradication of masculinity um but I think it's a it's a control of it um, and so, yeah, I've always felt, I've always felt like, you know, growing up, I, I had no problem talking to women because, I, you know, I was spent a lot of time with my granny and my mother. Um, and I was an only child as well, which was giving me kind of like Alexander the Great syndrome. You know, you just think the world revolves around you. Um, 
but but yeah it's as you say there i think you need both i think you need both like you do need discipline and you do need to be told that there's consequences to your actions and you do need to be told the one i always think of right was my mom would always say to me like um i'd be like oh, i don't want to eat that and she'd be like all right you don't have to eat it but you're not going to get anything else and then over time you start to realize you're like oh well, if i don't eat this i'm going to be hungry later you know, it sounds really simple, right? But it's not as harsh as like get that down you. It, it's it's almost like you you've been given this admittedly a, a kind of contrived choice because it's not really your choice. But you are you're given this idea that you can almost have autonomy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I don't have to eat this, mm-hmm. but if I do, I'll be happy later. Um, so yeah, I mean, I never like to talk knowledgeably about parenting, obviously, because I have no children of my own. Um, but it's just based on how I feel like I was treated and, and the, the positive things that came from that. So yeah. It's amazing. And I liked what you said, you know, about failure. Like people don't care if you, you know, as you say, as long as you do something and you try, people, especially the ones that love you, they don't care. Like I remember my mum saying in my book launch, people would go up and be like, you must be so proud. She was like, I'd be proud either way. You know, they're going to be proud. Like people that love you are going to be proud of you either way, right? And even if there's parents that are, or role models that are really strict, like you need to be a lawyer or you need to do this or push, 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 push. That's just learned behavior, right? At the end of the day, you are at the heart of it, stripping all the labels and comparisons and all that away is love, right? And that's just sometimes a little bit harder, compa- de- like depending on your conditioning. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's knowing that it's kind of, I guess the best metaphor is like a kind of safety net, you know? It's like, um, you know, you know that you can go out there and try something um, and you can take risks and be ambitious, but you know, ultimately, the people close to you don't care if you get it right or get it wrong. Um, and I think that that really does fill, fill you with a huge amount of confidence because it feels like not that you can do what you want or that you, you can't be, I don't know if I can swear on this. Uncut. Um, not that you can't be a dickhead, right? Because people, it's good, people have to pull you up for that, obviously. But um, it's not it's not saying that, and it's not saying that you can't do wrong. But it is saying like, you know, as you say, like let's just say you your book sold zero. Um, it's like, but your mother's value f- for you is not to do with how many books you sell. It's to do with who you are, and I think that does fill you with confidence as a person because you, it means that you don't put a kind of digit or a, or a, a number or anything on how much you are worth personally it's it's just it's consistent Mm -hmm. because we are at the end of the day we're all equal we've all got the same kind of we're all human we've all got the same kind of um capabilities but it's just it's trying to look after the mental health as well in a world that can be a little bit superficial um and and that can be a hard ride for some people right for sure yeah absolutely like that's that's why I think like the, so in the grand scheme of things, like I kind of, uh, I kept switching between like, oh, is this a big deal that I've got this award, that we've been nominated for these awards for this film? Like, does it really matter? I think sometimes you're like, no, it doesn't matter. Like, why do I care? Like, these people have never met me. Like, also, this could be a terrible film and I could still get an award for it. Do you know what I mean? 
because I've seen, you know, I've seen terrible films that have got awards. So you're like, ultimately, what is the value in this? And then you have other moments where you're like, well, actually, no, but this is kind of validation for the hard work I've put in. And you want that, like, you want to be appreciated for what you do. So, yeah, I think you should be, I always think of it like this, and I'm sure you'll have experienced this too, you know, if you put something out on social media and you get a bad comment, I always think, well, that person doesn't know anything about me and they're just trying to be hurtful. And then I get a good comment and I think, oh, that person knows everything about me. That's so lovely. They're absolutely right. And I'm like, well, actually, that can't be true. Both have to be true. They both have to be meaningless or they both have to have value. And so I think there's a lesson there in that, like, everything you get externally from people, you should um, take with a pinch of salt. So praise and criticism Mm -hmm. um and and i think you know as i said before like the people around you you know the people that you value their opinion i think like people talk about social pressure you know they talk about expectations um and some people say oh don't don't listen to what other people think i think you should listen to what other people think but i don't think you should listen to everybody (laughs) i don't think you should listen to people that don't know you you know, if your friends and family have constructive feedback for you because you're not living your life properly and they want what's best for you and they know you, then absolutely you should you should um, try your best to be the best person you can be for them. But if some kid in, you know, in Asia is on his Xbox and he's telling you that you're rubbish, you're worthless and he's better than you, but we're not programmed for that you know it's a cliche now to talk about this idea of we lived in tribes of 150 and that's where the community is and those are the people that you take feedback from but it's true you know you think of your your family unit and i mean that extended family in terms of friends too and you know those people that that you you care about their opinion and everybody else just folk in the street just so but I think a lot of people like the, the positive stuff, don't they? They like they like to see some nice comments on their thing and they take that in and that's of value when really that is just as dangerous, I think, as as reading the, the hairs. Yeah, it's it's kind of keeping I know when I was really unwell, some good advice I had was keep your circle tight at this time. Like keep your circle tight because the people that trust you. But what happened with my illness was my mind started to be suspicious of being challenged. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think having a bit of a social media presence and so many different opinions and stuff that I just kind of lost. Do you know what I mean? It it lost the way a little bit. And so as you say, you've got to be so careful that you just... I guess, I don't know if you agree with this, but like, I think also you can sometimes you create this persona for yourself, don't you? And you put it out there. And I think sometimes you can get lost in knowing who you really are. You know, I can imagine, especially at a time like that for you, when you're doing a lot of kind of uh, soul searching personally in your, in your own head, that, you know, this character you've created for yourself um, almost doesn't have any use at that time you know it's just kind of a distraction yeah yeah and and that's holding on to those labels as well isn't it it's just yeah and I think like I think creating a persona for yourself like people think that well that's fake or whatever I don't I don't think that at all I think that's really important actually and I think that's what enables you to have a professional persona have a personal persona have a persona to your wife or husband have a persona to your mom 
to your mates. Like you wear masks, and we all wear masks, and you have to because it's how you fulfill roles. But like I, like me, for example, professional Jason Pro Unicyclist, as it says there, that's not my, that's not my government name. Um, but that character, it is. It's larger than life. It's a rock star. It's the, it's the thing that people want. It's the, it's the you turn up to eleven type thing. But, uh, you know, that's not me in real life. You have to be able to remove yourself because otherwise you feel like if you give 100% to your audience, then you have nothing left mm -hmm. for you. It's like they own that thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, social media is tough. Like, I, people have been saying it for years, haven't they, about how it's not a positive thing. And, and, and I don't believe it is a positive or a negative thing. I think it, it's both and it's used for positive and negative. But... I, I have been a little bit turned off by it of late. I think, I think over the pandemic, it was it was amazing to be able to stay in touch with people, and, and I think there was a lot of very inspirational stuff. But I think, as we said earlier, as you pointed out, it leads to comparison, right? It makes you feel like your life isn't as good as someone else's. It's not saying, "Am I happy? Are you happy with what you've got, or what you're doing?" It's saying, "My life is not as good as someone else's." And I think um, that's not social media's fault. That's that's there's a lot of reasons why that happens. But, um, but I think if you have that level of self awareness where you can remove yourself from it, I think that's a positive thing. Check yourself, and as you're saying, like we can all do something. So if you have an idea and your gut's telling you, because you said it start, you know, you think you know, and you kind of had that vision, and you were like, I'm going to go for it, and. It, kept, it spurred you on and you were sort of staying in your lane, right? You just kind of went for it. You got the people around you. You got a good team of people and you just went for it. And so if someone's listening and you've got this kind of gut feeling of something you should do, but then you're getting sucked into the comparisons or the, the fear of failure or all that nonsense, it's just keeping, keeping that in your head, keeping all this positive stuff that you've been saying. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a, there's a thing I do a lot of the time, and it's not easy, but it's this idea of, so if I was painting a picture, I don't paint, this is a metaphor, by the way. So if I was painting a picture, and every day someone came in and gave me their feedback as I was painting it, it would end up completely different. And I would end up changing it every day, and I would be like, oh, no, I'm like second-guessing myself. When ideally what you want to do is the whole time you're painting that picture is just to be there doing it, have your idea, realize your idea. And I think a lot of us in our day-to-day -day lives, you start a project with a, with a name and then you, you start getting feedback as you're going from other people and, and then you end up changing it or, and it, it can sometimes you know lead to people not even finishing it because they're like, oh, no. And I think sometimes you just gotta like shut yourself off the wrong um, term, but you have to be blinkered in terms of the outcome. So it's let's just say I'm I say to myself I'm gonna break a world record. I'm gonna give myself an eight week training program. It's not I'm not I'm gonna get that program out at the start of the eight weeks. I'm just gonna follow it. It's like a map. I'm not gonna think every single day what I'm gonna do. You just follow it and you get there. And I think for me, that would be my advice to people if they, if they want, if they've always wanted to do something. I think most of us have got that thing in the back of our head, haven't we? I've always wanted to do this, mm -hmm. but I, I don't know. I've just never really properly tried. 
Well, I think properly try, you know, like if you properly try and if you actually set yourself uh, the goal and smaller goals that will help you get there, you'd be amazed at what you could do. I honestly believe that, you know, I honestly believe that everybody is capable of doing something or realizing something amazing if they just kind of had a go. I know it sounds simple, but having a go really is, I think, underrated. People just don't have a go, do they? So. Just try. Just try it. Just go for it. I yeah, love that. Absolutely. And just be ambitious with it. Do something daft. I mean, look, I've made a career out of riding a unicycle. I always say that to people. Do you know what I mean? Like, is there anything dafter than that? So, you know, think outside the box. Have a go with it, you know, and, and don't limit yourself and use your imagination and don't care what other people think. And just be... Uh, just be larger than life. That's you. That's the mojo spirit, right? Larger that's than life. Mojo. That's the mojo. But that's, as you say, a bit of a persona sometimes. You know, if I'm behind the camera or I'm doing stuff, I'm like full power. Woo, 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 woo. But I've also got a very quiet, chilled, introvert. Of course. And that's okay. That's okay. Because I couldn't be like that all the time. Yeah. You know? um, of course. Multifaceted. Yeah, absolutely. But I do like to bring the positive vibes. <laughs> when I can, boop, boop. hopefully we're, we're we're bringing them today, and people well, are feeling inspired. I've been really inspired, um, so I know all the listeners will. So thank you so so much for all of those my pleasure little gems, and we look forward to seeing what you do next with the film, the next film. I'll put the award-winning film in the show notes and everything. Um, where's the best place for people to reach out if they've got any questions or? Yeah, well, you could get me on Instagram, probably the best place, at Jason Pro Unicyclist. That's all one word. I'm on YouTube as well. I put YouTube stuff out, not regularly, but it's uh, it's good stuff. Um, and obviously, you could check the film out as well. Hopefully, if it's in the show notes. It's called The World's Strongest Unicyclist. If you Google it and you find a film, I'm pretty sure that would be the right one. I can't think of many other films called that. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me on. It's been great chatting with you. We've covered some good ground. Yeah, we got quite deep. I never script it, so I always just like to see which way things go. Um, so you've put some little deep things in there for us to think about. Yeah, no, and I appreciate some of your questions there on fear and stuff. These are things I've thought about my whole life, and they've really dominated my philosophies. And nobody's ever asked me about them. They're just like. Oh, what's it like being a unicyclist? You know, so, uh, so I've had a lot of fun talking about deep stuff for oh, a change. Good. I've clearly been in flow. Then I've been in the moment, just feeling what should come up. <laughs> I think that was it. I think this was a, a flow state podcast. I think we were yes, a flow state. channeling happy days. Um, and I have to ask you as well. I know last time it was uh, with a light. You do have a mojo song for people's playlists. Oh, good question. Would I Lie to You by Charles and Eddie is a good one. It what is. am I going to go with? Oh, no pressure. Let's go with... Let's go with... Billy Idol, Rebel Yell. Oh, yes. Was that getting you through when you were doing your lifting practices and your training? That's 
High energy. Um, I do like a bit of uh, punk music. My, as a, my aforementioned mother was a punk, so she exposed me to The Clash and Sex Pistols and the Ramones and all these people. So Billy Idol is one of her favorite artists as well. So yeah, it's, it's good high energy, isn't it? It was a time where people were just um, sick of doing what they were told and they were just getting out there and, and just uh, going, hey, full mojo injection nothing but unadulterated and so yeah it's good for uh for a workout it's good for that little pick me up at the start of the day and getting you through yes i will be blasting that around my kitchen please do <laughs> thank you so much jason you've been brilliant thank you keep spreading the mojo and keep facing the fear and bashing on doing your going your own way always always well and you too. I love that. More, more. Billy Idol, Rebel Yell. She cried, more, more, more. Shake that. Midnight out. Babe, more, more, more. Rebel Yell. More, 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 more. A little bit of punk in there. I'm feeling like jumping around like a punk right now. So much inspiration. We covered so much, didn't we? I loved it. Thank you for being here, guys. Episode 141, bringing the mojo to you. We'll be back and next week. Mwah! Judge less, live more and have a great time. <laughs>